All right, well, you know, I started last week to talk about um, can we know God? There's a lot of people in the world today that have this idea that God really can't be known. And yet we find that uh, last week we talked about three different ways that God actually shows himself to us. One is through creation. The other one is through Jesus. Jesus one time said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then the third way that God helps us to know him is through his word. He, he tells us who he is and what he's like. And I, and I mentioned to us last time that what would it be like if God never revealed himself and, and we were all left to our own ideas of what God might be? I mean, we'd have like 200 billion pictures of God. We, we, we would create God in our own imagination. And a, a little bit of a picture of that is like the, the Hindu religion has like 40 million gods. They're just trying to figure out what's he like. So I'm glad that God did show himself to us. He did reveal to us who he is and what he's like. And today we're going to look at another aspect called God is light. Last week we talked about God is love. Today God is light. And we're going to read in 1 John chapter 1. So who's writing this is um, John, the apostle, John, who was a, a, one of the ones who walked with Jesus. You've probably heard the term the 12 apostles before. John was one of those 12. So he spent three, like three and a half years with Jesus, with him probably every day, most days. Maybe there were some days where there was a separation. But for the most part, every day for three and a half years, he walked with Jesus, he heard him teach, he saw his miracles, he saw him raised from the dead. I mean, John was there when Jesus came back to life after being in the tomb for three days. And he's the one who's writing. And he starts out uh, at the very beginning kind of telling his testimony. Um, he says it this way, that which is from the beginning, and that, that is speaking about Jesus. He even wrote in his first book, book of John, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And that's Jesus, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so he says, that which is from the beginning, which is Jesus, which we have heard. You know, John's, John's basically saying, I'm an eyewitness. We all want to have eyewitnesses, don't we? We, we would rather hear from an eyewitness than somebody second or third or fourth hand. Well, who did you hear from? And who did you hear from? Before you know it, the story changes. But John's saying, I'm an eyewitness. I heard him. We have seen him with our eyes. See, we didn't just hear about Jesus. We heard him, but we also saw him with our own eyes. We looked upon him. And we touched him with our hands. I mean, when you read the book of John, chapter 1, you see that John understood that Jesus was God. And he's saying, I want you to know that when he walked with us, I saw him, I heard him, I touched him. I mean, I'm an eyewitness of Jesus coming to this earth. I've touched him with our hands concerning this word of life, is what he calls Jesus. The word of life. The life was made manifest. The word manifest means something that's hidden, but it's now uncovered. 
You, you couldn't see it, now you can see it. And so the life of Jesus was made manifest, and we have seen it, and then we testify to it, and we proclaim to you this eternal life, which was with the Father. Jesus was with the Father, but now he's been made manifest. He, he's come to the earth, we've seen him, we've touched him, we've heard him, our hands have touched him, we've been with him. And so John is a good, reliable witness. And he had this beautiful experience with Jesus. How many of you have ever thought, boy, it would really be neat if I could have walked with Jesus, if I could have been one of those 12? And it would have been. I mean, it would have been unlike any other experience. But Jesus has chosen a different way to walk with us. And it's just as powerful. He talks about it in the next verses there. Verse 3, he goes, That which we have seen and heard, we are proclaiming to you, and here's the reason, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. So, what John is basically saying here is, look, there was a time when I physically walked with Jesus, and I touched Him, and I heard Him, and I saw Him, I was with him, but he's gone. He's gone to heaven now. He's not with us in that way. But he says, even though that's true, I have fellowship with him. I have fellowship with the Father, and I have fellowship with the Son. And and in that sense, Jesus is still manifest to him. Jesus is still known to him. I mean, when you have fellowship with somebody, you experience them. You're sharing something in common is what fellowship really means. And even though he didn't see him physically, he's saying we still have fellowship with the Father and we have fellowship with the Son. And what he's doing here is he's inviting us into that fellowship. That's what he's saying here. So what I've seen about Jesus, what I've heard about Jesus, I am proclaiming to you so you can have fellowship with us. And so here we are, 2,000 years later, the word of life is still being proclaimed. The message of Jesus is still being spoken by people who know him. And what we're doing is we're inviting people into fellowship to, really, to, to be able to experience God, to know that you know him. And again, you don't see him physically. You, you don't hear him physically. You can't touch him like John did but you can have fellowship with him, just like John did after Jesus died. And that's the invitation to all of the people on this planet to come into fellowship with the Father and with his Son. And he says, we are writing these things so our joy may be complete. And then in verse 5, look what he says here. This is the message that we've heard from him. Okay, here's a question I want to ask you. Who, give, who gave this message that he's about to give us? Yeah, it's, it's a message we have heard from him. In other words, Jesus is telling him something to tell us. This is the message we've heard from him, and we're proclaiming it to you, and this is it. God is light. If... if If the Lord wanted to give us a message, it is this. I am light. 
In me there is no darkness. And John's saying, this is the message that he has spoken to us, and we're proclaiming it to you. If you want to know what God is like, he's light. And there's no darkness in him. And I'm calling you to have fellowship with him, who is light, who has no darkness. And then the rest of the chapter, he's going to go on and explain how we do that. So the message from Jesus is, I'm light. There's no darkness in me. And I love that because it, it kind of shows me that God, God wants us to have this relationship with him. He wants us to have fellowship. He's telling us, in a sense, the pathway to it. If you want to be with me, I'm light. There's no darkness in me is how, how he says it. There's no darkness at all in him, just light. Now, now he puts the rubber on the road. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him. So let me stop there. How many are saying today, I have fellowship with him? Okay, I hope, I hope you do. I hope you will. But he's saying here, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. Now, all of a sudden, maybe the story changes. <laughs> maybe not. I hope not. But the bottom line is, God is light. There's no darkness in him. So if we say, yeah, I'm, I'm walking in light, or I have fellowship with God, but if we walk in darkness, those two are incompatible, because God is not in darkness. There's no darkness whatsoever in him. If you're going to have fellowship with God, and, and to know him in that sense, you have to be in the light. So, I, I would assume that there's probably lots of people walking around today lying. They're saying, I have fellowship with him, but yet walking in darkness. And he says this is basically a lie. And we do not practice the truth. I love that word, practice the truth. To me, that is the statement that shows me what does it actually mean to walk in light. To walk in light is to practice the truth. It, it is to take the word of life and begin to live by it. How do I walk in the light? By following the commands of Jesus. And the only way I can follow these commands is if I learn them and know them. And so I'm taking this word of life, which he spoke about up there in verse 1, the word of life. I'm taking God's word and I'm letting it become part of my life. I'm learning it and I'm learning to yield myself to it. So I can be in the light because I want to know him. I want to know him in that, in that sense of fellowship. I want to have a relationship with God that says I fellowship with him. I experience him in that sense. But the only way to do that is to be in light. And, and he calls walking in light, practicing the truth. Practicing the truth. The next verse says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light... We have fellowship. In other words, it's kind of like, think about a, a road, and in the middle of this road is a line, and on one side is pitch black, and the other side is total, total light. Where do you think Jesus is walking? He's over here on the light side. And he's saying, hey, if you want to have fellowship with me, I'm over here. You have to come and walk in the light where I am. But when you do, 
you experience what he calls fellowship. You can know him in this way by walking in light, which is practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I love that because I want you to understand that walking in light doesn't mean sinless perfection. You can walk in the light and still have areas of sin in your life. The beautiful thing about that is, is by walking in the light, those things are beginning to be exposed and they come to the surface. And because we're walking and practicing truth, he's calling us to repent. He calls us to change. He calls us to be able to continue to walk in the light. Hey, you're walking with me in the light. Just like, think about the stories of his disciples. You know, they're, they're walking with Jesus in a very physical way. And they had areas of sin in their life. They were arguing about who's the greatest. And, you know, all these issues they had in their life. Anger and frustration. And Jesus, by walking in the light with them, changed them. He called those things out. And I think the same thing is true for us. When we walk in the light, when we're over here fellowshipping with him, we're learning to practice the truth that the areas of our life that are not light begin to come to the surface and we're able to then turn from those and remain in that fellowship with him. So let's read that again in verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with him and his blood, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So I have on my note this statement, fellowship with God does not demand perfection, but it does call us to practice truth. That's where we're headed, practicing the truth, taking the word of God and beginning to live it out. The next verse says... If we say we have no sin, you know, it's a very difficult thing for people to be confronted about a sin in their life. Has anybody found that to be true? When somebody comes and you know, says something about, hey, you know what, it looks like you got a little bit of pride in your life, all of a sudden the pride rises up. <laughs> and no one likes to be confronted about truth, and yet it is it is a way for us to stay in the light. I mean, when you understand that, you should, in a sense, enjoy the correction that comes from God's word to be able to practice the truth because it keeps us in fellowship with him, knowing him, walking with him. But if we say we have no sin, if we don't acknowledge it, we're not willing to fess up, so to speak, and we just give pushback anytime somebody comes to bring a correction to our life, it says there we deceive ourselves. Anybody here walking in sinless perfection? Can I see your hand? All right. So, so this walking in the light and practicing the truth will cause those things to come to the surface. And when they do, praise the Lord for it. Don't deny that there's sin in your life. Just acknowledge it. Yeah, you know what? I, I did lie. Or yeah, I was full of pride. 
Or, yeah, I, I, I was unforgiving. Be, be willing to yield to those kinds of corrections that come to your life. That's what practicing the truth is all about. It's by, it's by saying, this is what the Word of God says. It's not really active in my life, so Lord, change me. And by doing that, I'm seeing forgiveness of sin in my life, but I'm also keeping myself in the light, walking with him. So if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You know, in verse 6 it said, if we say we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie. Here it says, if we say we have no sin, we're just deceiving ourselves. And what does it say next there? I love that. The truth is not in us. See, when the truth comes to live inside of me, which is the word of God, when truth comes to live inside of me, it will also expose the sin of my life. But if I deny it, if I say I have no sin, I'm deceiving myself and his truth really is not alive in me. But I want to have fellowship with Jesus. I want to know him in that fellowship kind of way like John had after Jesus went to heaven. That's what he's inviting us into, this fellowship. But, but, but somehow truth has to come to bear in my life. It has to, I have to be practicing truth, and I have to let truth live in me. These are the things that help us know him, knowing Jesus. Look what it says next. But if we confess our sins, see, if truth is living in me and my sin is exposed and I confess it rather than deny it, something else happens, something different. What is it? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why is that? Because he wants fellowship with us. He, he calls us into fellowship and then he does everything he can to keep us in a place where we can be in the light, to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from unrighteousness, to you know, clarify all those things in our hearts that might keep us with a toe in the darkness. He wants us to be in the light. He wants us to have fellowship. So if we confess our sin, and the word confess just means to agree with God. I agree with you, Lord. I don't deny that I have sin in my life. I agree with you that there's something wrong in my heart that needs to change. And when we do that, when we come to the place where truth lives in me and I'm willing to acknowledge it and confess it and agree with God about that, then he forgives me and he cleanses me from unrighteousness. And in that sense, I'm able to stay in the light. But if we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. You know, if the Lord comes to you and says, Kirk, you have unforgiveness in your heart, and I say, no, I don't, Lord. I'm calling him a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying here. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And again, his word is not in us. See, in each of these situations in verse 6 through 10, it talks about practicing the truth, the truth living in us, the word living in us. There's, there's such a powerful part of our walking in the light is how we interact with the word of God. Letting that truth live in us and then practicing it.
And then we go on to 1 John chapter 2. By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. How do I know that I know Jesus? He, he says here it's by keeping his commandments. And so this activity that's happening in my life, as I'm walking with him, as I'm practicing the truth, as his truth finds a place to live inside of me, and I'm yielding to it, and I'm being able to confess my sin, and he's cleansing me, and I'm walking in the light, that's, I'm getting to know him. I'm getting to know what he's like. He's changing me. He's changing me to be more like him. There's things that are happening in my heart because God's word has a place inside of me. And because of that, I'm getting to know Jesus. Even though I can't see him and I can't hear him and I can't touch him, I can know him and I can fellowship with him because his word has such a powerful place in my life. By this, we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. There's such a pushback against obedience in the world today. Oh, you don't have to obey God. It's not about the rules and regulations. It's all about grace or or whatever terminology we might use to excuse that. But I can say to you that our obedience is, is how we get to know him. That's what he says here. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. In other words, if if I know Jesus, the byproduct of that is I want to follow his ways. Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And again, the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word... In him, truly, the love of God is perfected. And by this, we know that we are in him. You see, knowing Jesus is possible, but it's by by us allowing God's word to have a place in our lives that we respond to and we walk in obedience. Somehow, those two things are linked together. And God is light. And God is love, which we talked about last week. But this light... The way I stay there is by letting his word have a place inside of me that I respond to. Now, by this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Well, that's where Jesus is calling us. You know that? Maybe you didn't know, but the day that you gave your heart to Jesus... Whenever that was, and you said, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. You may have been at work. You may have come to an altar in front of a church. You may have been talking to your friend in a coffee shop. Who who knows wherever it was that you said, yes, I will follow you, Jesus. You know what? He has a plan and a path for you, and that is to become more like him. And you basically said, I give you permission to do whatever you need to do in my life to make me like you. And he wants to do it because he wants fellowship. He, he wants to be with us. He's, he's inviting us into fellowship. Remember what I read earlier? The message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, God is light, in him is no darkness. 
You have him who's standing here in the light saying, come and fellowship with me. Step away from the dark. Come into the light. Come and fellowship with me. And the rest of my life, I'm learning how to stay in fellowship with Jesus. And he gives us his word to help us. Look at John 8, verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, see, letting the word live in us, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciple. So what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Well, part of it is that we remain in his word. It's how we follow him. His word has a place in moving us toward discipleship. He said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You'll hear today people say, ah, you can't really know truth. No, you can know truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's learning to follow Jesus. And they answered him, well, we are offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you'll be free? And Jesus goes on to say to them, well, if if you sin, you're a slave to sin. But the point I wanted to bring out was a few verses later on. He said, I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my my word finds no place in you. I love that because Jesus is trying to show us that, you know, being a disciple and letting God's word abide in us or we abiding in God's word means that we're giving room in our hearts for God's word to live here. And he's telling these people, the reason you want to kill me, you know, you are Abraham's seed. You are, you are the children of Abraham. And in that, they thought they were okay before the Lord. But Jesus is saying, Even though you're Abraham's seed, the reason you want to kill me is there's no place in your heart for my word. Now, you know what? The opposite would be true. And that is, if there was a place in their heart for God's word, they wouldn't want to kill Jesus. See, so having this this place or this room in my heart for God's word really affects the outcome of my life. You know, if I'm walking in the dark, it's because there's no room for his word in my heart. But if I can come to the light, and even though there may be areas of sin in my life, he calls us to turn away. He forgives us. We repent. We we get back into this place where we're clear before the Lord, and we remain in the light. But it's because God's word has a place in us. We're yielded to it. We respond to it. We're practicing the truth. That's how we can know Jesus. I want to close with a couple of verses about God's word and light. And they're up here. Uh, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. God's word is a light showing us the path. It's God's word. Look at this one here in verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. 
It imparts understanding to the simple. Man, God's word gives us wisdom. It gives us understanding. It helps us to know the ways of God. It's light. God's word is light. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. And then finally, Proverbs 6.23, the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. What does that mean? It means God's word will also correct us. The reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And that comes from God's word. The commandment is a lamp. The teaching is a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So I'd like you to stand with me and ask the question again, can we know God? Sure, we can know him. But the only way we can know him is to be in the light with him. And he's calling us to come to the light. I would like you this morning to think about a couple of things. One is, does God's word have a place in my heart? You know, not just that you read it or that you could quote verses or you could name all 66 books of the Bible. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, does it live here? Is there room in my heart to where my life, the outcome of my life, the things that I do or don't do are informed by his word, which lives in me? Is there room in my heart for God's word? If not, then I would ask you to say, Lord, change me. Let me have a heart that's yielded to the scripture, to the word of God, in such a way that I'm willing to say yes to what you say and to say no to what you say no to. Help me to walk in the light as you do. If you're here today and you've never known Jesus, maybe you've never really made that decision to say, I want to follow Jesus, then maybe today's your day. And to say to him as we pray, say, Lord, I want to follow you. I'm willing to take that first step because he wants you to be in fellowship with him. It's like he's in the light. There's a scripture I didn't read today. I was going to, but I took it off. But he talks about before we were a follower of Jesus, we were darkness. He didn't say we were in darkness. He says we were darkness. But now he says, now you are light in the Lord. So when we become a follower of Jesus, we actually step out of darkness into light because he wants to have that relationship with us. That's where we get to know Jesus. I don't want to know him from afar. And I don't want to know him by reading a book or anything else. I want to know him in fellowship. I want to step into that thing that John was inviting people into at the very beginning of his book. We did touch him, we heard him, we saw him, but now we have fellowship with him and we're inviting you into that. So if you've never really made a step toward Jesus, then this morning, why don't you say, Jesus, today I want to take that step toward you. I want to believe that you died for me and I want to follow you and show me how. And he will. So let's pray. Father, we come to you today with a desire to know you more, to be in fellowship with you, to know you intimately, like John and those other disciples in the early days when they walked with you. 
But there is a different kind of knowing that's here today that all of us can have. All of us can know you deeply and intimately, but it's found on your terms. And it's in light. So I pray, Lord God, that each one of us here could open up our heart to be willing to practice the truth, to let the truth live in us, that you would change us as you want to change us and to keep us walking in the light. And Lord, for anybody here who's never really made that first step for Jesus, I pray that today they would just say to you, Lord, I want to turn my heart to you. I believe you died for me. I want to follow you. Help me to do so. And meet them, Lord God, where they are and help them find that fellowship with you. I ask in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.